Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators. I'm Cy. I'm Anthony. And this is? Jennifer. Yes. Jennifer is letting her use our space, her space today, the Third Space Lounge in mm -hmm. PG Plaza. Yeah. Very generous of her. We thank her for this. It's a good spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jennifer, tell us a little about yourself. Yes. Oh, Jesus. No. But what? you guys have to be recording. I was just kidding. All right. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. Okay. Yes, welcome to the podcast today. Today we're going to be talking about the uh, the movie Scarface. Oh yeah, um, the uh, the unsung accomplishments of the wrestler, the Dynamite Kid, Tommy Billington. One of my favorites. I, I love Dynamite. And the other uh, and the um, the Netflix TV series Ozark. But um, first, let's talk about what music we're listening to and what's going on in current events right now. Yeah. Anthony, you go first. Um, before I even jump into the music, I just wanted to make sure I clarified our last episode regarding the transgender that make sure that I, I didn't step on anybody's toes. I wasn't trying to come for the transgender. I was just being mindful of everybody, just making sure we all cons consider it for all. Um, so that being said, definitely, um, I definitely have respect and, and, and I don't have anything against the transgender community. I'm actually for them, 100%. I just wish people were more empathetic on both sides of the spectrum. So yeah, yeah. So just, amen to that. So I second that. Yeah. Um, as far as music goes, yeah, uh, I've been listening to some old school stuff, man. I, I, I tapped it back into uh, Ready to Die. Ah, very nice. And uh, a lot of like Jay Z's early albums. Mm -hmm. When I mean early albums, like Reasonable Doubt. Um, when he was at his most lyrical. Right. The Streets is Watching, um, Life and Times Volume 1. Most of the stuff that in the 90s into the early 2000s. So that has been fun. Um, and I'm starting to see like a lot of his early albums, his early content has a lot of quotables by latter rappers. So that's dope. Um, I always used to call them out for... Uh, for borrowing a lot of Biggie's lyrics, but he's also very quoted too. It shows his greatness. Not that I didn't know he. I always had him up there with the goats, Hove that is. So um, it's just interesting to see some of the um, lyrics that people have bit from him in his earlier music, his earlier projects. So that's basically what I've been listening to as far as the modern wave. Um, Still, from time to time, listening to that Tory Lanez, 80s, um, Life at the Prom, I think that's what it's called. So that's that's a pretty cool retro-style album. Uh, how about you, man? What you listening to? Um, lately, what I've been listening to is, um, as of today, uh, Mary J. Blige, her new album. Oh! Good Morning Gorgeous. How is that? Oh, she's, it's dope. The single, the title track, that's what got me, that's what made me want to buy that album today. Yeah. When did it drop? Drop today. Oh, just today. Oh, yeah. Right. So I definitely got to stream it. Yeah, the single's been out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Mary J. She still she still queen. got them vocal chops. She's still the queen of hip hop the soul. Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even going back to what's the four one one where where they had that opening <laughs> skit. Hey, yo, man's puff. Pick up the phone, nigga. What that you, I got it going on, yo. You got it going. What's the four one one, hun? That's a classic throwback. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Mary J. On Power Book too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that out. I, I, I didn't know she dropped something. Yeah, dope. Cool, 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 cool. Anything else? Uh, 
Anyway, forgot to even say, this man's birthday was yesterday, so yeah. special happy birthday to my brother right here, Sai. Yeah, happy uh, birthday to me. Uh, I hit a 3-9 yesterday. Yeah, you joined the 39 Club, man. Uh -huh. So we're getting up there, man. But uh, blessings to you. God bless. How's it feel, man? It's it's uh, it's sinking in a little bit gradually, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like when I turned thirty. Uh, what's it called? It took me a while to say that I'm thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, damn, thirty nine, man. We're there. Yeah, so, we're there. Yeah. Even my mother wrote. You. Even my mother wrote in the card said, "You're thirty nine. You're almost at 40. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, mom. Like, I like. Forty is the new twenty, <laughs> so it's all good, man. It's, it's all good. I don't feel old. Yeah, I don't either. So, but uh, we definitely uh, here celebrating you and. We're glad to have another year. We thank God, and we're blessed to have you, man. You're a true breath, uh, true blessing in our lives. And shout out to you, man, for sure. Thank you, Anthony. Sure. Appreciate yeah, that. No doubt. No Thanks. Doubt. No doubt. All right. Um, so we're gonna jump into. Um, anyway, anything else? I I, I cut yeah. you off. Anything else that you? Yeah, current events now. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? The whole all these states that are lifting their mask mandates in schools now. <laughs> That's just. It's like when my, when our state, Maryland, when they lifted the mask mandate on businesses, yeah, and it's like days later they went right back to the mask. It's gonna be the yeah, same thing with the schools. Yeah, and they and they've been yeah. already already gone virtual one week and then back back in school in person the next week. It's yeah. like which one is it for God's sake? Right, 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 right. Um, honestly, at this point, I don't take that shit seriously anymore. And the moment they they switched the whole quarantine from ten to five, I knew these motherfuckers. Uh, these people were playing around. <laughs> Um, so, uh, um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, that I'm just waiting for this uh, whole pandemic to eventually trickle down to uh, more or less the cold and flu, where we have medicine over the counter that treats the shit, and we're you know. Um, yeah, where we're basically we, we actually can live with it and got medicines that yeah, facilitate that. Yeah, it. it's here to stay. Like a, like, like a cough syrup for COVID. Yeah, it looks like it's here to stay, so we might as well gear towards learning how to live with it as mm -hmm. opposed to try to eradicate it because I don't think that it's going anywhere. So. Right, especially with all these people that don't want to take precautions and look where they at now. Women. Women. Uh, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, it but is. they just followed mandates like Herman Cain, for example. That was last oh, year. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Rest in peace. Yeah, but if he just wore, wore the damn mask, yeah. like, our, like our governor said, yeah. he may still be alive. Yeah. For all y'all that are still, you know, running and, you know, doing your thing, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep wearing your mask, washing your hands, you know, keeping very hygienic, and the rest will take care of itself. Pray up, mm -hmm. and the rest will take care of itself. So. Most stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Other than that, um... Yeah, I don't think there's anything really else popping. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Shall we get started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, the first topic of our discussion today for the podcast is the 1983 film Scarface. Yeah, it's a very popular Legendary. film. Yeah, it's more than a cult classic at this point. It's over. It's our age actually. It's 39 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Made in '83. Yeah. Starring Al Pacino. Yeah. Stephen Bauer, yep. Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert Loggia, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, and Paul Shanar. Classic it's movie. Directed by uh, Brian De Palma and written by Oliver Stone, Mr. Platoon himself. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And considering all the cocaine that's in the film, yeah, it makes sense <laughs> that Oliver Stone wrote this. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oliver Stone was known for, known for being a for being a cocaine guy back then. Right? Like, yeah, he was on his Robert Downey Jr. type. No, well, well, here's the thing: Robert Downey Jr. was Hollywood's D boy back then. 
Right, right, right. He, yeah. was, he yeah, was. He was getting drugs for everybody. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He's the reason why Charlie Sheen's winning. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Scarface, yeah. Um, my mother, she frequently talks about how when it came out. She said how people at her at her job talked about it and the first Terminator film, talking about their box office failures, but they were so good is what people at her job would tell her. Yeah. And yeah, that's reflected in there in the in the budget. Yeah, I mean it's not a box office failure. It made three times its budget, which was twenty three to thirty million dollars, but it was a critical failure. Yeah. yeah. Critics didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah, because you got all these you got a bunch of it, not a bunch, but like mostly Italian Americans portraying Cubans and like and portraying Hispanics in a certain light that didn't sit well with certain people at the yeah. time this movie, this movie was released. But a decade later, a little over, a little, yeah, a decade or a little, a little after, wasn't was it a little, no, a little less, a little less, yeah, in late 80s, early 90s, 90s where it really yeah. Yeah. picked up, yeah, yeah with yeah. certain, um. In certain areas of pop culture, like the Latino community, they took uh, Tony Montana as like a sign of like a pride, machismo. Yeah. And speaking of machismo, pro wrestler Scott Hall, uh, a Caucasian man, <laughs> he went to the World Wrestling Federation, Vince McMahon's promotion, with his gimmick that got him famous. Chico. <laughs> he basically oh just. Oh my he, god. He claimed that he pitched, he imitated Scarface, pitched it as a joke. But Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson, they took it seriously and hailed him as a genius. And what was born out of that? The gimmick of Razor Ramon, Chico. Yeah, dog. It's funny. I already, I peeped it from the jump when he joined the wrestling. Uh, I knew it. I was like, man, this guy is definitely trying to impersonate Tony. It's funny. Yeah, he saw Scarface long before yeah. I did. I didn't see it until high school. Yeah. So in elementary school, I see Razor Ramon. I'm thinking he's really yeah. a Hispanic. And then I see a magazine showing a pinup, a 1986 pinup of him and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, back when they were You're AWA. Like, Who is this? What the hell? AWA tag champions. Yeah, yeah, he was huge back then. And it's yeah. obvious it's Kurt Henning, but the caption read Scott Hall, now known as Razor Ramon. I'm like, what? Yeah. Hall's a white guy? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Razor Ramon's a white guy? <laughs> right, right. Shout out to him. We met him. Yeah, we met Scott Hall, yeah, 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 back in 2018. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he, 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 offered, he offered to pose for our camera by doing the DX crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool, cool dude. He's a cool <laughs> dude. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've always loved the movie. I, I think I first saw it in 92. Hmm. Yeah, in 92. When I moved back to Ghana, my cousins had the video and I watched it and. I fell in love with it instantaneously. It's just a classic movie. Um, like going back to what you were saying, though, it kind of messed up. But Hollywood is known for doing that. Like they should have definitely casted more Cubans. Yeah. Not that, not to insult Al Pacino because he did a great job as Tony. He's like he's, he's a legendary character, but it definitely should have casted more Cubans to represent, you know, Cubans. Um, but you know that's nothing new in Hollywood. They're starting to learn a little bit now. They are, yeah. But um, for me, yeah, it's always been a good movie. Uh, I've watched it several times. Like it's one of those like like we said a couple episodes episodes ago with The Godfather. You can always watch from anywhere and just continue through because it's such a good movie. Um, but yeah, um, it is. And uh, going back to what you were saying about what's it called, Hollywood should have casted more Cuban actors for this film only one actor from this film one one actor who had who had top billing in here is actually of cuban descent uh stephen bauer 
who played uh, Tony's best friend, uh, Manny Rivera. Oh, Manolo. Manolo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's of Cuban descent, yeah. And oh, yeah, okay. Stephen Bauer, that's just his professional name. His real name is Esteban Echevarria. Word. You should have kept that. It sounds G. Yeah. <laughs> and he, Esteban. And he's like had a he's had several roles since then as a character actor. He's even got a kid with Melanie Griffin. Then again, really? Yeah. Him, oh. Don Johnson and Antonio Banderas all got kids with her. Wow. She she loves her. Uh, she Latino. Yeah, she loves her Hispanic man. And and tan white dudes too, like Don Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Dakota Johnson's their daughter. Oh, I okay. Now I'm I'm piecing it together. Okay. Yeah, this was. It was like we said before that it was it was criticized. It got a lot of negative feedback, a lot because of the um, Italian actors portraying Cubans in a certain light. But it's also the violence in the film too. I mean, this film is ultra violent. It is. Yeah. But it, it's it's a reflection of what was happening in the the mid to late eighties in in Miami. Yeah. The, um, the heavy drug use. Yeah. Profanity. Yeah. The violence too was starting to pick up in the late eighties. Um, I don't know if you know about Griselda Blanco. Just go watch Cocaine Cowboys, a documentary. It'll give you an uh, enlighten you about what was going on the Miami that we know today, the skyline and all that. A lot of it was heavily funded by cocaine money. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the concepts um, and violence from that movie came from actual life, real life, you know, um, experiences or real life events. Um, so to say that I get why people frowned upon the movie, but <laughs> this is a case where art imitates life. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of violence going on in the late eighties with, you know, uh, drug cartels and, you know, you know, and then it's almost innovative and in, in, then their techniques of murder. I mean, as, as morbid as that crazy. sounds. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like in this, in this movie, the, the chainsaw scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, granted, I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the way they use a chainsaw and Scarface was yeah. just like uh, the bathroom. Yeah, it's just brutally sadistic. Yeah, they got and then, uh, funny enough, they got that concept from Griselda Blanco. The, the work. Yeah, she, one of her enemies, she, one of the, her enemies, uh, I guess, uh, henchmen or whatever, or hired assassins or pushers or whatever you want to call it. She mm -hmm. cut him up with a chainsaw put him in like a grocery bag and left him on the side of the street oh wow yeah real life sending a message yeah so there's actually pictures of his body cut up in pieces in the bag if you watch the documentary of cocaine cowboys you'll see it all so yeah art imitating life i see where a lot of gangster films yeah. get that from now yeah 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 so uh if you in retrospect Scarface is not even nearly as violent or what, as, as what was actually happening in real life. And that's part of the reason why the um, war on drugs actually escalated because of the violence that was, the high level of violence occurring in Miami at the time. Low key so, history buff. Yeah, yeah sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so Reagan, that's one of the reasons why Reagan ramped it up. Before the government was cool with it because it was, it was generating the economy of... of uh, large income into the economy of Miami and until minorities got a hold of it yeah and then when the violence started to creep into you know urban and, and white neighborhoods it was like all right let's actually put a clamp on this so but yeah uh, not to go too much off topic but 
Yeah, back to the movie. Back um. to the movie. Yeah, the story. The story is about a Cuban immigrant who's and his rise to the top of Miami's drug trade. It's a pretty violent rise. Tony Montana. He's not. He's really not a good guy at all. He's not. Nah, nah, and yet you, nah. you can't help but to root for him because yeah. of his come up. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. His, and his hunger and his determination to get to the top. Exactly. And the quotables from the film they exemplify this. Like, I want what's coming to me, chico. The world. The world. And everything, everything that's in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's um, like you just take off that, and it's and you see why a decade later, why in hip hop culture, why so many rappers they're inspired by that to the point where they even take aliases from characters from the movie, yeah. um, sample from the movie soundtrack and score for their beats, yeah. uh, the dialogue, and even make a bunch of references to it in their lyrics. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, well said. Uh, and to add to that, um, it's funny because it shows that the directing and you know all that was great as far as character development because like you said, he's technically not a bad guy. Um, in the early to mid 80s, <laughs> uh, Fidel Castro, exodist, if that's a word, exodist. Or exiled. Exiled, there you go. Uh, exiled a whole bunch of um, Cuban refugees. A lot of them were criminals in Cuba. Mm -hmm. So he was like, we don't have any place for you in this country. And a lot of them were shipped. The U.S. took them in, in through the port of Miami. And in the movie... Uh, Freedom Town, like concentration camp. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was like a concentration camp. Um, and in the movie, uh, Tony Montana happened to be one of those uh, cri uh, previous criminals that you know came into the United States. So he he was no saint by any means, from even from the jump of the movie. And it's worth noting that what's it called? He had an American father too, so yeah, he knew how to speak English pretty well. Yep. And he had come to the United States off and on with his father as a child, so. He knew a little about the United States culture before he got it. So he technically wasn't all the way an immigrant. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Technically, he wasn't. Um, so he, um, when he came here, he didn't have a job. Well, they ended up after they got their green cards through means of uh, murdering a former. Uh, what was the guy was a he was a political, top, political? He, was, he was a top he was a top uh, higher up for Castro until Castro felt he couldn't trust the guy. Rebenga. Rebenga. Yeah. Yeah. So, as a deal, they were asked to murder him. Once they got the job done, they got green cards. Once they got their green cards, they were working at like uh, one of these uh, restaurants. Or yeah, something. a restaurant, like one of those little uh, restaurants in Little Havana. Bodegas, one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they uh, got an offer from. Uh, from what's his name? Omar Suarez. Yeah. Yeah, who works for uh, Frank, Frank Lopez. Yeah. But that that whole deal was a setup in the first place when Tony just mouthed off to him, like, refused to be lowballed for yeah. $500 to load some weed off a boat. Right. Like, you got to be kidding me. The going rate for that is 1000 man. Yeah. Do you know that? Exactly. And, exactly. And, but then when his, and Omar's assistant was like, oh, give me that job with the, with the Columbians. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that see you like if you if you if you whatever fuck me you something something my boss will stick your head up fashion uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a quote but I've heard that in a couple of uh, rap uh, intros that currency yeah. is used that a few times Jay-Z's first album yeah pain, exactly pain in the ass yeah Jay-Z has used that too yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole interpolation of Omar's of Omar's lines right there yeah and yeah. that's and that's another example of yeah, F. Murray Abraham, yeah, that's who plays uh, Omar Suarez, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, 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 so... But, uh, yeah, the um, Tony's come up in the film, and 
He's a man of his word. You gotta Absolutely. Give him that. He's a loyal dude. He's a loyal, loyal dude. He really is a loyal dude, for sure. Yeah, what's it called? He he could have done the... After the deal that went wrong with the Colombians, he could have just took the money and the drugs and just ran. Yeah. But nah, he's like, he's like, fuck that, Omar. I need to see your boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave him both, both the drugs and the money back. Yep. He lost one of his boys in the process, obviously, the chainsaw guy. Yeah. Got chainsawed. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, in the process, he like like Osai said... He was like, nah, I need to see your boss. Finally meets uh, Frank. Um, mm-hmm. Frank sees him as, you know, a pawn or like a... Yeah, like what's a, yeah, a pawn. Yeah. A, a guy will just break his back for you. Yep. Yeah, because of his loyalty and his brutality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like when Omar and him are talking about Tony at the club, what's it called? Lopez said, what do you think? I think he's a fucking peasant. Exactly. Yeah, he does say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, they they they, showed, they didn't have any respect for him initially at all. Initially at all, I mean, even even proving that he was a good worker, but yeah. when he, and when he started going independent, really, like like the meeting with Sosa, that's what really that was the um the catalyst for it. Exactly. Yeah, like Alejandro Sosa, the uh, the wealthy landowner, yeah, played by Paul Shinar, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, he's dead, huh? Him, okay. Robert Loja, yeah, they're both dead. Okay. Okay. The um yeah, when he met Sosa the first time, and Sosa took a liking to him and could instantly see it in his eyes. Yeah, Sosa could tell like yeah, this this this, this is a loyal guy. He's he's about business, you know. Yeah, he's loyal. He doesn't lie. Yeah, he, yeah. he's somebody I, I can do business with. Right. He's not gonna fuck me over. He's not gonna snitch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Of course, All of that. And Sosa, Sosa. He's vicious, but he's a man of his word too. It's like yeah. he, it's like yeah. you do a good turn by me, I do a good turn by you. But exactly. you fuck me, you'll never see it coming. Exactly. Like exactly. he sent all the niggas over to over to Tony's house at the end. Within hours. Yeah. Within hours. They, they must have been sleeper agents in Miami. Yeah. Exactly. Waiting on standby. Wait, exactly, because within hours of the phone call, they were they were over at over Tony's spot, like ready. And that phone call, that phone call, what's it called? I told you a long time ago, you fucking Fuck little you. monkey, not to fuck right. me. Right. Ray sampled that in a in a criminology on his. Oh, he did. Yeah. The intro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I, I don't think I'm familiar with that, but I'll, I'll definitely uh, check that out. Um, yeah, but by that time. Tony, Tony was not in the right mindset. He was getting high on his own supply. That mountain of coke on his desk. That's, yeah. that's, an, that's an example of excess of the 80s right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not, not just with them stockbrokers that you see in Wall Street or, or Less Than Zero, films like that. But yeah. with, with this community, it's like, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing. It laid the groundwork for a lot of mafioso rap as well, too. Because when Frank Lopez is trying to school Tony, Tony on the rules of drug dealing... Don't get high on your own supply is yeah. one of those rules. Yeah. And yeah, that's a... Biggie's Ten Crack Commandments. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other people have used that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's often used as a, as a trope in a lot of these drug dealing movies. When the drug dealer's on the come up and gets to the top and starts getting high, it's like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't get high on your own supply, exactly. man. Exactly, exactly. It takes you off, off, you know... Yeah. She don't get high off, on any supply. Off, you know, it takes you off your path and um, focus. It's your it, downfall, it, it, it yeah. It your focus, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what made the film a cautionary tale slash Aesop fable about getting too caught up in the criminal lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but it's, uh, it's impact on pop culture. It had so many quotables. Say goodnight to the bad guy. Yep. Um, say hello, hello to, to my, my little, little friend. friend. Exactly. In which Jim Carrey used in the second Ace Ventura yeah, film. Did, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But um, yeah. And also, there's there's a. It's also this film Scarface. This is actually a remake of a 1932 film of the same name, 
directed by uh, Howard Hawks mm. and starring Paul Mooney, who was an Austrian actor, as uh, as the character Tony Camante. And yeah, and and the story takes place in Chicago's gangland back in the 1930s, 1920s. Oh, so it's that, that that one is more mob related than more mob related. Yeah, not not Cuban Cuban, uh, Cuban drug dealers cartel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and. And lastly, um, what's it called? Um, what was it? Where is it at? I know um, Tony Montana's name was inspired by Joe Montana. Was he? Yeah, he was in the NFL that point. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he was in the NFL. I know the, the director was like, yeah, he was a big fan of Joe Montana. So he was like, yeah, that makes, Tony, Joe. That makes sense. Brian, Brian De Palma is, is a 49ers fan. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So that's where that came from, actually. And, the, and there's a Breaking Bad connection here, too. Two of them, actually. I mean, uh, Stephen Bauer, uh, Manolo, he played a Don Eladio in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Mark Margolis, who played uh, Alberto yeah. in here. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Sosa's henchman. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, played, yeah. he played Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad, the wheelchair guy with the ring. Oh, he was him? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was him. That was him, yep. Oh wow! And, you know, I didn't even catch that. And if you recall, uh, for Breaking yeah, Bad, yeah, 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 yeah. For Breaking Bad, the the creator Vince Gilligan, he said the whole premise of Breaking Bad is turning Mister Chips into Scarface. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, that's a great show, by the way. That is dope. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's. There's a reason why that ranked as top three shows Absolutely. even now. The Wire, Breaking Bad, Absolutely. and Sopranos. No plot holes, consistent, consistent all the way through, yeah. and the replay value is infinite. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, I love that show. Great one. Um, so what? I was just about to ask. What are your favorite scenes in the? My favorite scenes, um, apart from the shootout at the end, which yeah, is, which is very G. Very G. Yeah. Um, Gangsters hell. The montage. The montage of what's it called after he after he kills Frank Lopez and starts oh, getting money. Yeah. And starts having his push his, it to the limit. Mm-hmm, the push it to the limit. That was, that was classic. And the and and him having his money laundered and everything. How he's on the come up. Yeah, you just see the the, the money counter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him having to keep going to the bank and his, his yeah, it's like, like I can't I can't launder all this. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the um, what was it? What was another favorite scene? Yeah, and any scenes that are in the nightclub because of music. Yeah, the music was great. The music is great. It's got that Miami Vice yeah. style, you know, the, the skyline Miami. It's very Miami-esque in the 80s. That very dance, uh, synth-heavy music. Yeah, yeah. Catchy, yeah. Very catchy. Funny enough, the, the, the laundering is also taken from actual historical events in real life. Um, there were a lot of no-name banks that were popping up in Miami. It's made for laundering. Made for laundering. So once... Like a lot of the uh, kingpins started getting cracked down on, mm-hmm. a lot of those banks folded because mm-hmm, they were mob owned. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there, there's so. a there's a spot in New Carrollton, right? I think I think it's mob owned. I swear to God, I say that because <laughs> why? A lot of the stuff just looks sketchy. It's what's it called? It's it's a video store, right? Uh-huh. It's a video store, like one of the video ninety five stores. I went there a few years ago, right, really? to see what they got in there. Yeah. But it's all like model VHSs out front, and one old dude just sitting there smoking a cigarette. It's like, like this. You can't, can't be making no business here. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. nobody's buying this. Is a, this is a front, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, you don't yeah. care about the traffic, because yeah. it is a front. Exactly. exactly. I'm talking about everything in that storefront was a, probably a front. Yeah. But do your thing. Do yeah. your thing, guys. Yeah. I ain't knocking you. Exactly. 
Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, the Miami backdrop was cool. The palm trees. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The it's constant sun. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, the political climate with Cubans fleeing Castro's dictator, well, not even fleeing, but getting kicked out of Castro's dictatorship, Absolutely. which was yeah. actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. And the film soundtrack, which right here. Nice. The Got original. It. Yes, mm -hmm. sir. Scarface. Yes, sir. And the torture cliche, the Blu ray for it. As it was originally. As it was originally brought out, I love this this logo. I was, I used to love that logo, man. Mm -hmm. It's like I want that on my wall as a poster when I was younger. <laughs> did you Did you get it? Nah, I didn't. I do have a, a I did have a Scarface post. Actually, I had a Scarface T-shirt too at one point. And this is limited edition too. What's it yeah. called? The first edition released on Blu-ray, Steelbook. But uh, yeah, that's dope. That's a dope case. But you uh you had a you had a T-shirt you said for it? Yeah, um, a Tony Montana one. I used to rock in. Uh, in fact, that was one of my nicknames in college. Uh, Tony. Anytime we uh, we used to get like we we'd go out to like the bars and stuff, and I I used to get twisted. I used to do like Tony Montana impersonation back then. <laughs> so it just kind of stuck with me. Um, some with some friends, some people used to call me that in in, in college. It was just funny. Don't ask me to do that impersonation because I can't do it now. I'll, I'll do it for a couple of years ago. I could, but not anymore. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do I'll do all the impersonations of Tony yeah, Montana yeah, yeah. that I came over on this job. You actually pretty good at doing uh, impersonations. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did, What did you? Uh, what were your characters and what did you, What were your scenes that you liked? Uh, obviously the you know the shootout scene at the end was dope, but I, I liked the part leading to when he came over when he came up over uh, some Frank, like the whole setup. Um, when you first met him? No, no, at the end. Like, when, oh, the, right, right when he kills him. Like, oh, yeah. leading up to it. The events leading up to it. That was a pretty cool scene. Uh, he's like, I never I never turned you, Frank. That that part. I like that scene. Uh, I like some of his scenes with uh, Elvira. It's <laughs> a funny guy. Face it, Tony. You're an immigrant spick millionaire. Right. Hey, who the fuck are calling a spick exactly. millionaire? You look like you haven't fucked in a month. Get out of the television. <laughs> Yeah, his interactions with her, his scenes with her were awesome. They were funny they were as hell. funny after they got married. Before and after they got yeah, married. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's insulting the hell out of him. Yeah, he's like, oh, you, me, you gotta give me some time. Yeah, Don't call me baby. I right, right. baby. It's, it's like, it's like, Daddy, now you're talking that. That I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mess with those scenes uh, big time. I, I think you made Al Pacino improv some of those scenes. So. I tell you, man, it's funny. Because when he put the hat on in the car, I think... He just, yeah, 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 exactly. That was improv. She's, she's, she's really she's laughing. laughing. Yeah, she's you can tell. Michelle Pfeiffer's really you laughing. You can tell. Yeah. She's, like, she's definitely like... Enamored and it's funny. Testament to that method acting too, because like the scene where he slaps Gina in the bathroom. Oh and, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to. I want to fuck somebody, Tony. Yeah, I'll fuck him. He really so did slap. He really did slap her. He did. Yeah, just like just like in the Godfather Part Two when he slapped a Diane Keaton. Yeah, he did. That was a real slap. I'm like that's that method acting. Yeah. <laughs> Make it as real as possible. Yeah, yeah. They probably got so sick of the takes that weren't going so hard. And, like, and she was like, fuck it. Just slap, slap me, slap me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't hold it against you, just slap do it. shit out of her, yeah, that's crazy. Same thing in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where uh, Jack Nicholson... Oh, he choked out. He choked her, he choked her. Uh, Louise Fletcher, yeah. yeah. She was like, go ahead, Jack, choke me. I won't hold it against you. Got them both Oscars. Oh, yeah, that was a wild scene. Great, she, her great eyes movie. were popping out of her head. Yeah. Like, she's really choking that's, her. That's, a, that's another great movie. Shout out to Nicholson, dog. Red Beaver. Yes, sir, my man. 
Inside joke, inside joke. Inside joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this film, yeah, Scarface is one of our favorites. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I praise it for its impact on what's it called, especially on hip-hop music. Yeah. Two songs in particular I can think of, A Girl by Cormega, where he talks about his drug-dealing past by putting cocaine in the form of a woman. Same what's it called, The Toucher, Even The Toucher, You Go Numb. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, 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 okay. And uh, Immortal Technique, uh, he had a posse cut called Peruvian Cocaine, which samples the scene we first see Sosa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the music that was used in that scene, which is not on the soundtrack, mind you. Mm. He samples that music. Oh, I know that song. I know that music yeah. you're talking about. That's a dope, that's actually a dope uh, instrumental. Yeah, it is, it yeah, is, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 it talks about, it basically does like what Narcos does and what breaking. What a montage scene in Breaking Bad does. Showing how the cocaine is made yeah. from the uh, from the coca leaf worker in South America to how it gets all the way to the corner corner boy up in Queens, mm. and mm. who suffers from all that between the coca leaf worker, the dictator, the the kingpin, the cop, uh, the CIA worker, and and the South American dictator who suffers the, the corner boy and the taxpayer. And it's, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> our money goes into a useless fight. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, even um, Nas and Mob Deep have a track that have the uh, the beat to it. Um, the uh, the life is mine is actually the title of the track. Yeah. The beat the beat is sampled from the, uh, the the credits, the beginning credits of the movie. Um, uh, who else? This, this is like it's all over hip hop. That movie's all over hip hop. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I said, Currency has a few samples from there. Um, shoot. I had one in my top of my head that I just kind of left, but not to keep us running too long. It'll come back eventually. And even the rapper Scarface from Rap a Lot, yeah, he has. To oh yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that too, that too, that too. So um, yeah, it definitely has a heavy influence in, in hip hop music, especially pop culture. So um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, anything you want to add to that? Um. Nah, nah, nothing else I need to add to it. Um, what's it called? Shall we move on to our next topic? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the Dynamite Kid, yeah, from, from, from WWF. He was one half of the British Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Tom Billington. Tommy Billington. Him and Davy Boy Smith. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the British, uh, Tommy Billington, he was born December 5th, uh, 1958. And he actually died on his 60th birthday. On, that on the actual day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, Tommy Billington. He was trained by former pro wrestler Doctor Death. Yeah. He wrestled in Stu Hart's promotion, Stampede Wrestling. Yeah. But before it was bought by Vince McMahon, and after it was sold back to the Hart family too. Yeah, yeah I did wrestled, hear about that. Yeah. He wrestled in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And um, interlude, right quick. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he died on his on his 60th birthday, exactly the same day. Um, but the Dynamite Kid, uh, he is he was a very influential pro wrestler. Yeah, um, his say the least. The way he the way he performed moves like a snap suplex, a hung clothesline, um, what's it called, a flying and diving headbutt. It influenced several wrestlers from Eddie Guerrero. Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and pretty much any Canadian wrestler that came out of Stu yeah, Hart's dungeon. Yeah, for me, he's like an innovator to modern-day technical wrestling. He, he's the one that spearheaded 
like the brilliance of technical wrestlers. Like so, when you see like your Bret Hart's, your Owen Hart's, your Dean Malenko's, um, let me think, who else is there? Your Chris Benoit, like you said, uh, a lot of them took that that art that was you know pioneered by Dynamite and you know perfected it in their own right. They took bits of his style and made it their own, added their own little niche to it or style to it as well. But he is the like the the godfather of, te- if you ask me, he's the godfather of technical wrestling and modern modern wrestling. He's like the godfather of that, and he doesn't really get the credit he he, he he's due. Um, obviously, he was undersized, so that was part of it. He was five foot nine, yeah. Yeah. But he trained in wrestling, gymnastics, and boxing, and that helped him develop his little tough and agile, yeah, agile shape in that little body. Yeah. It's- so explosive and that's why his name was dynamite mm-hmm. like his everything he did was very explosive from the flying headbutt to the, the snap suplex was extremely explosive even a drop kick yeah even his like his clothesline was so intense you saw what he, what he did to like mcfoley yeah mcfoley yeah Fo- then it broke his jaw yeah the, yeah foley said i couldn't eat solid food for a month yeah yeah um mcfoley really uh adored dynamite because of his contributions to to the sport, mm-hmm. um, he's an amazing. And, amazing Fo- and Foley was more of a hardcore wrestler, really, yeah. not a technical. But right. respect is given, respect is due. Exactly, exactly. But um, I didn't know until the Dark Side of the Ring episode that his partner with the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, was actually his cousin. Yeah, his cousin. Yeah, he's the more famous half of the bull- the Bulldogs. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely the more famous half, and eventually came back as a solo wrestler. Yeah. After the Bulldogs left, after right after Survivor Series '88, that was their last. One of my favorite matches. Yeah, that was their last match in WWF. Yeah, the last match as a tag team in the WWF. Yeah, they left in principle over a dispute over some airline tickets, but before that, they had a feud with the Fabulous Rougeau brothers. Yeah, yeah. which which was really Kurt Henning's fault, really. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, because Henning was a prankster backstage. Yeah. he just took the clothes out from from Dynamite's uh, bag and cut them up. Yeah, and he and Dynamite thought the Rougeaus did it. Yeah. Oh, that's why he. Okay, I didn't know that was where it started. But it got physical to the point where what's it called, Jacques Rougeau? He actually came there with a role of, and people were sick of Dynamite's attitude backstage too. Yeah, at that point, too much, too, too much, much, too drug addled. Yep, he was. He had roid rage. Roid rage, yeah. yeah. He started doing steroids in 1979 when he was in Stampede. Mm-hmm. You know, who introduced him to the roids, oh. the Junkyard Dog. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the JYD introducing oh, the steroids. I didn't know that. Yeah, but what's it called? Interesting. But um, yeah, what at the dream? They beat the British Bulldogs at WrestleMania two. They they came to the WWF in 1984, mind you, mm. and they won the tag team titles from uh, the Dream Team, the yeah. Br- the uh, Brutus Beefcake the, and uh, Valentine. Greg Valentine. Yeah, yeah. good they, match. That was a good match. Yeah, and for a while. The Bulldogs, while they had the tag team titles, they were... The pinnacle. Yeah. Pinnacle of tag team wrestling. Um, they were really good. Uh, very good. And they they performed well with anybody. So, like, some of their feuds were always good. Like, their feuds with the, the Hart Foundation, who they later lost the title to. They, they dropped the title to them. Yeah, they were be- forced to. Yeah, because uh, Dynamite was injured. Yeah, that back injury that yeah, he had yeah. when, they, when they fought uh, Don Morocco and Bob Wharton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that back injury, he was never the same after that. Yeah. Because there are times where Davey Boy, he needed to have a substitute partner in Dynamite's place. 
yeah. for those matches, and ultimately they just had to drop the tag titles yeah. to the Hearts. Yeah. And after that, it's like they were no longer. They weren't. They weren't jobbers, but they weren't a top tier tag yeah. team anymore. Neither. Yeah. They they were great, still great performers, and um, their feud with the Hearts was a good one. Even when they fought Demolition, some of their matches with Demolition were very good. Mm-hmm. Even their feud with the Rujos were good. Like their matches were really good there as well. Um, yeah, the Rujos could wrestle, man, and people sleep on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dynamite reminds me of Bob Sanders. I don't know if you know who he is. Bob Sanders was a safety for the Indianapolis Colts. He won Defensive Player of the Year in 20, 2007. Oh, yeah? He was an undersized safety, but man, he played like he was, was like played like he was a linebacker. He was a heavy hitter, short, muscular, very good safety. When but he couldn't stay healthy because of the way he he played football. He was just he, he sacrificed his body for everything. Just, just like put his body, just he's, like slam his body against a receiver just to stop them. Exactly, just like dynamite, dynamite in the ring. Like dynamite would do anything with his body to just just to sell the move, and it ultimately cost him his health. Um, I saw one match. It was a it was for a wrestling tournament where the di- where the junkyard dog he was champion. I don't know if he was an IC champion or what. Yeah. But the Macho Man, he fought Dynamite Kid in this tournament, right, and won. Oh, yeah. but the uh, and because they they were both very meticulous pro wrestlers, and, and mind you, this is the kind of match I was looking up, right, looking yeah. for. Yeah. It's just a, what's it called? The um, Macho Man won, but the Dynamite Kid he put him in the snap suplex off the top rope. Oh wow! Hit him with that. They sold it, but then Macho Man he is a testament to how savvy he is in the ring. Yeah. He just used his legs and feet to grab the dynamite's legs before he could pin him and got the and got the win. Oh, that's how he got it. Yeah, and dynamite thought he won the match though. <laughs> Funny. Shout out to Randy Savage too. <laughs> that's my man, dog. All time. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's always good when two technical wrestlers who know what they're doing can work well together. Absolutely. They create a hell of a match. Absolutely. Like uh, Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat. Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. Bret Hart, yeah. And even Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I mean, never mind their, their off-screen rivalry. They yeah, had some good, good on-screen good. matches. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the Dynamite, um, he also had a dark side to him. He, I believe he had a really rough childhood, uh, just from my observations, like when you, when you hear about his off-the-field, or should I say off-the-ring, out-of-off-the-ring issues... He was consumed with a lot of rage. I know partially was that was enhanced by roids, but I think it was deeper than that. He he had a lot of PTSD. You could just tell by the way he reacted to things. He was very defensive. He had a serious case of Napoleon complex. Yeah, his size, yeah. Lingering, lingering Napoleon complex. Yeah. But that was probably exacerbated being in this kind of business where a bunch of guys are big and it can make it can make you insecure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, he, I think he, I honestly believe he had CTE. <laughs> I do. Just some of some of the things he would do later on in his career, and so later his years, his wife and, and his family and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And even like when he left wrestling to to stay sane or survive mentally, he used to get into street fights. Like you know the shit that Kimbo Slice used to do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He used to do that stuff and. Like it's just very barbaric. And a lot of that, a lot of that stuff comes from like. You can trace a lot of that stuff back to your childhood, like so. All, I that, believe, all that rage, that Fight Club stuff. I believe, shit. yeah, something happened in his childhood that he never disclosed. I believe, like he was either molested or 
just like he was he was just had a harsh childhood where like love was not very present because the way he was just very full of rage and quick to and even his domestic life really with his wife yeah, and his kid yeah it was very unfortunate um how that turned out with his wife and his, his daughters and he, him and his cousin, Davy Boy, they both married into the Hart family, too. Yeah, they did. They did. And Davy Boy married one of Stu Hart's daughters, and uh, Dynamite married, what's it called, I think, the sister of Bret Hart's first wife. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so, it's just, he, it, it's a bittersweet because he's a hell of a wrestler, um, yeah. and, and, and a hell of a, what you call it, a staple and, and pioneer to a lot of you know tra the trajectory of of technical wrestling down the line. Yeah, he's still mentioned today too. Even today's crop of even today's crop of technical wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he studied. Yeah, very. I mean, very I mean much. he's one of the few wrestlers whose style combined different different areas, different regions of pro wrestling: Mexican luchador, Canadian, and Japanese techniques. Yeah, and it's funny because when I used to watch wrestling as a child, I didn't know he had that influence, but I definitely was a fan of his style of wrestling and him. He was my favorite bulldog of the two. Uh, most people like Davy Boy, but I prefer Dynamite. Dynamite was just, just explosive. His explosion was just great. He was more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Even the diving, the, uh, the diving headbutt, headbutt where he just leap off whoever yeah. Davy Boy was holding and then headbutt the person. I think that got him CTE eventually. But yeah, that, that move was crazy. That move, yeah. Look at Chris Benoit. I didn't yeah, think Chris Benoit. Was with him too. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Exactly. I didn't even think about that. You keep doing that headbutt move, it's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. cause brain damage. Exactly. Considering that they actually really executed, they didn't like play it off with like a forearm or something. It was right. literally their heads. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely was a fan of his. And I hope one day he gets the credit that he's, He's due. He's um, is he not Hall of Fame? I'm not sure. I don't think he is. If, if that's criminal. Yeah, I don't think he is. Um, but um, I hope also, uh, it looks like his wife has found peace, but I hope his daughters do too. I know the older one does because she actually knew him a little bit. Mm -hmm. the, the youngest never really met him, so she has a little bit of animosity towards him just because of the way he treated, he treated her mom. Yeah. Um, threatening to shoot her, pulling a shotgun on her and stuff like that. It's unfortunate a lot of pro wrestlers, they have those kind of lives at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's the roids and then a lot of the drugs and... And the fact they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're not home like most of the year. Yeah. So they can't handle it when they are. Yeah. And so, but it's not an excuse to what he did to his wife or whatever. It's just, yeah. it's just unfortunate the turn of events regarding the relationship dynamic with him and his daughters. It looks like his wife... Him and his wife became they they became cool later, mm -hmm. um, and I think the eldest daughter made peace with him. She went to go see him when he was paralyzed. That, that, that sounds like a rest, the recipe that they used for that Mickey Rourke movie, The Wrestler, because it's a story oh, of so many wrestlers. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I heard it's a really good movie. Though. De depressing but very good. It's yeah, it's like it shows. That story, it's a story of almost any washed-up pro wrestler, man. I yeah, mean, yeah. the first time I saw something similar to that was back when we were in high school with Tony Atlas. I mean, he didn't have a wife or a daughter he was estranged from, but he was a shell and performing out of what's it called high school gymnasium. So I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know at that point that small, 
the, the, the wrestling venues could be that small. Yeah, yeah. I was too used to the big leagues, yeah. the WWFs, the WCWs. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, like like the one we went to, MCW. I mean, they're they're big within the state, really. Yeah, but, yeah. And they also have legends of uh, pro wrestling legends come through, do a meet and greet every, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy, yeah. yeah. That's why, like, I have, like, this is a kid that I, I help out with. He loves wrestling, and he, at one point he wanted to be a wrestler. I was like, hell no, nah, I'm not even, man. you know how they say you don't allow them to be what they want to be? Like, no. there's no way. It's Talk just, them out of certain things. There's just, just way too many cons than they are pros in pro wrestling. This is It's not the life you want. No, it's not. I mean, when I, was a, when I was a fifth grader, I wanted to be a porn yeah, star, well, but not. I, I grew out of that. I grabbed that when I became a teenager and learned about their business. Ah, uh, star side. Uh, blame at home influences. We, 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 we had the Spice Channel. At what's, home. What, what, what was the porn name going to be, dog? <laughs> Honestly, I thought those people were using their real names at the time. Hilarious. Yeah, so I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought so Mike Hunt, oh. I thought that was his real name. <laughs> probably, probably is. Porn star side. Anyway. Yeah, that I, I glad, that, that, glad you did not take that bet. Me that, too, that me route. too, me too, me too. I definitely would not subscribe. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, when I was young, like around that age, not, I was, not I was ten. Yeah, but like if there was a when I was maybe like nine, eight. I wanted, I also wanted to to be a pro wrestler at one point. But um, they were larger than life. Yeah, they were. But and when you get older, you understand what happens behind the scenes and everything. And you and I saw that and you saw that tough enough, John, on MTV. Yeah. Where you, yeah, that I remember that. There's no, there's no way. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, never it's mind. Shitty job. It's a shitty job. And when Triple H came in and gave them folks the reality of the business, it's yeah, like it's a shitty job. Yeah. You got to be real dedicated and have yeah. nothing at home. Yeah, and absolutely nothing to lose. Right. Like, yeah. It's one of those jobs you you go in and have nothing to lose because you're going to lose yourself. Trust yeah. me. If you're in there long enough, you're going to lose yourself, either to addiction or like bodily harm or something. There's just too many cons, man. I couldn't do it. Me neither. Couldn't do it, though. Me neither. I mean, bless the people who have done it and yeah. got out of this alive and kept their money, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, save their money because there's not a lot of money in this business. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, to all the pro wrestlers that have died early because of that. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. And big fuck you to uh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, I love you, Vince, <laughs> but fuck you, too. Yeah, he brought... A, he brought Light. He brought light to my childhood, but in reality, he's a douche. So, yeah. Eric Bischoff, you're an even bigger douche because you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. At least man. McMahon does. Right? Yeah. It's, it's and and Ted Turner, WCW. Yeah, w- WCW. <laughs> yeah, the the wrestlers, the wrestlers. Yeah, man. But yeah, shout out to Dynamite. Um, I still be watching some of the old '80s stuff from Bulldogs. We do, we do. It's better. A lot of that stuff from the '80s up until the the trailing end of the Attitude Era. That's all I will watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like the trailing end of the Attitude Era. I don't even watch it for wrestling. It's for the, the entertainment, the promos, the stun, like the stunners, people getting beat up, but not necessarily for the qual- the quality of wrestling. I watch from the '80s. If I want to watch quality, like quality matches, they emphasize more on the uh, on the wrestling aspect of it. The story, yeah. the storyline parts of it, even the juicy ones, like uh, like Cheryl Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah Cheryl Roberts, Jacob, and then and then the Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was funny to watch. And he said, I want your wife. And yeah, like, and then when, when he came, he had the tights. He had show all the tights. Oh, and, and then, and you know, uh, Jake the Snake tore it off, and yeah. he was actually nude at the arena. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, obviously on TV, they blurred it out. They blurred it out, yeah. Yeah, but that, That's that, I actually thought that was real at the time, and it's funny. I mean, she was really his wife, but I thought there was actually... And Rick Rude was, was actually going at yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny as hell. But that's, I'm like, that's savage, how you just have her face on your tights like tights, that. Right by his meat, too. Uh-huh, yeah, it's like Rick Rude. <laughs> Roy's notwithstanding, he was one of the best-looking dudes in wrestling. He, he, he was actually a great wrestler, too. He was a good wrestler. They could have done more with him. That Rude Awakening, that was a hell of a neck Yeah, record. yeah, he was a good, good wrestler, man. Mm-hmm. Good gimmick altogether. Yeah, Val Venus, he wouldn't be around yeah, enough his, for Rick his, like you right, his physique was, was legit. Like, it was definitely more, like, symmetrical paws yeah. and everything. But it was definitely better put together than it's the well Warriors. sculpted, yeah. Like, the Warriors joint, he just had muscles everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. It's almost, yeah. It looked too, almost disproportionate. Right, yeah. whereas Rude was more, it had symmetry, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, good guys, like, good uh, God. I'm over here analyzing, I'm over, I'm over here analyzing somebody's uh, physique. <laughs> physique. Hella weird. Yeah. Pro wrestlers is like they yeah. put it out there, and it's like you can't ignore it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shall we? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. What we got? Ozarks, huh? Yes, Ozark. Season three well, just passed. Well, okay. season four. Well, we're four? In, we're in the middle of season four, four right okay. now. Yeah. yeah, part two of season four has yet to air. Yeah. But um, a little background. Ozark. Yeah. It first aired on Netflix in July 2017. Yeah. It stars Jason Bateman as uh, the, the main character, Marty Bird. Legend. Laura Linney as um, Wendy Bird, his wife. Julia Garner as uh, Ruth Langmore. A.K.A. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the NSYNC days. From the NSYNC days, yeah. With the curly blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Sophia Hewitt as Charlotte uh, Bird, their daughter. And Skylar, Skylar Gardner as Jonah, their son. Legend. The premise of the show, yeah, um, Bateman's character, Marty Bird, he's a Chicago-based financial advisor, and him and his partner, they launder money for a Mexican cartel, but when his partner is caught laundering money and killed for skimming millions of dollars, Marty, who wasn't laundering money, but managed to talk his way out of death by offering to set up a bigger laundering operation in the the Missouri Ozarks, right, in central central Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Marty was talking out of his ass, but what's it called? He proved to be the best money launderer in this in this cinematic universe. Man, that man is. Yeah, if I yeah, if you want your money laundered, go to Marty Bird. I just yeah. love the fact that he is always composed and calm, no matter what. That's that's one of his defining traits, right there. Crazy! I've never seen anybody like that. Yeah, he's it's, not. It's an he amazing, sweat. It's an amazing like trait or characteristic to have, honestly. He doesn't sweat. He mentions to talk his way out of stuff. Yeah. And so what happens is, in order to appease the cartel, he suddenly decides to relocate his family from the Chicago suburb of Naperville mm-hmm. to the remote summer resort community of Osage Beach, Missouri, the Ozarks. Yes, sir. The trailer park. Um, what's it called? Meth heads. Yeah. Um, it's it's not what these people are used to at all. So, coming yeah. from coming from like, and. And an architectural genius type of a city like uh, Chicago and mm-hmm. going to the boondocks almost. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when they get there, they're already entangled with the local criminals, including yeah. like Ruth Langmore and her family, yeah. the Snell family, yeah. and the Kansas City Mafia too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're currently on part. They're currently on part one of its fourth and final season, and they've been critically acclaimed throughout its entire run. They've gotten Emmy awards for Bateman and Garner, and Bateman's gotten gotten a, a nominations for directing certain episodes as well too. That's, that's dope. Um, and most of the shooting doesn't even take place in the Ozarks, neither. It takes place in, in Atlanta, in Georgia. Because wow, of, I did not know that. Because of the tax breaks that the, the state of Georgia offered them. You couldn't even tell. I mean, you couldn't tell yeah, at all, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, not they, that we know what the Ozarks really look like, but you couldn't tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I gotta say, this, the series, it, it's pretty, it has a very bluish, a dark bluish hue to it, always. Yeah, it does. But it's very it cinematic. It does. Yeah. It's cinematic. Well written, and the twists are very clever and well crafted. And also for female characters like Wendy Bird yeah. and um, what's her face, Ruth, Ruth Langmore, and even Darlene, Darlene Snell, they're not stock characters. They actually give them yeah. actually give them background, some yeah. depth to them as well too. Yeah. yeah. And one one other thing I want to mention is a comparison to Breaking Bad again. Yeah, it's like. It's like Breaking Bad, only the drug here is money laundering, not crystal meth. Right. And it shows what right. happens when you put when you put a suburban white people in the, in the drug game, just like Breaking Bad and Weeds. I haven't seen Weeds. I heard that's good though. But yeah, 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 you're right. It's uh, almost it's almost satirical in that aspect. It, it is. It is. Uh, it's it's interesting because um, I think like some of the characters are again. Like I, uh, shows are usually reality shows are really built and based on how you develop the characters in the show, and, and like some of the characters in the show in the show are amazing. Between Marty, as we said, his composure, his wife that is just fucking crazy, but she is she's like there to just save the dynamic of her family, but but. She- but a lot of times it's just very irrational the way she approaches things. She's getting more Lady Macbeth-like too as the show just went on. Right. At first she wasn't down with this, but then she starts harking back to her past occupation as a political campaign fixer and is using that to her, her advantage in Marty's uh, criminal endeavors. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, um, yeah. Her, even her son. Oh, <laughs> Jonah. I love Jonah. Just like his dad. Like, he's very smart. Got his own money laundering business. Oh, it's on. crazy! Yeah, and his dad is actually helping him with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's kind of like, he's one of my favorite characters on the show. He's kind of like, I don't want you to do this, but if you're going to, I'm going to help you do it the smart way. Right. Your mother definitely doesn't want you. Exactly, to do but she called the cops on you. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it's actually my. It might be my favorite show on Netflix. That it's between that Black Mirror. Which they don't make anymore. I don't know Sad. why. It's that, the Black Mirror was probably my favorite, but this is up there with it. Like when, when, and I like Ozark and Narcos as well too. But when mm. this show comes on, I I literally binge it in like a day or two. That's how, like the loopholes that they leave to link to the next episode, just keep you addicted. Like you're like, I gotta see the next episode. I gotta see the next episode. And it's like the first season is a little slow developing, but once it takes off. Whew, you can't he, stop watching it. He's right about that because yeah. my, my brother put me on to Ozark when it first aired. Yeah. And I watched the first episode, but I couldn't. It felt too slow for me. I didn't yeah. feel like getting back into it. Me too. So by season three, thanks to you and some of our other friends, yeah. it's like, y'all tell me season three was really good. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just watch it. Binge it in two days. And it's like, 
what the hell was I thinking? Not yeah, me too. it's funny because I have a similar story. I actually started watching it on my own accord. Mm-hmm. And I think I watched like the first three or four episodes when it first came out. My cousin JP was there and my, 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 my brother-in-law also came into town at the time from the UK. And they continued. I only watched the first four episodes. I was like, this is so slow. Mm-hmm. It's a good show, but it's not something I'd like really want to watch. Right. But they actually watched it through. They're like, yo, this show is fire. I am gonna watch it. Season two comes out, and they finished that thing, and like, they finished season two in like a day. I'm like, yeah. what, is this show that good? Let me actually go finish it. When I finished season one and went into season two, I was like, yo, never doing that again. Mm-hmm. Like, this show is actually really good. Um, so, for those that haven't actually watched the show, mm-hmm. give the season, first season some time, because it takes off, I think, around episode six or seven. Once it takes off, I guarantee you're not gonna stop watching. It's that good, right? It's that good because they always, they always predicaments that they get themselves into, and you, you mm-hmm. can't really figure out. You're like, how the hell do they get themselves out of? How do they get? First of all, you're always like, how do they get themselves into the situation? Yeah, and how the hell are they gonna get, get out, out of it? And somehow, some way, that motherfucker Marty just figures out. Like you said, he's always calm and collected, even when the cartel dudes were like taking off his toenails. Yeah, exactly, it's exactly. Like, I said, yo, yo, he, he how was tortured like this is like this yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely would love some of those traits because he just does not panic ever. No, he doesn't. He ever. doesn't. It's, it's it makes him the best money launderer out there. The Mexicans right. they fuck with him. Right, right. Some, it, wait, what were you saying? Well, yeah, some of the characters in there, the, the characters that he met down in down in the Ozarks, like yeah. wow, like like Darlene Snell, gangster. Yeah, the Snell family, her and her husband Jacob, is like what they were doing. They were running a hair. They were on the local heroin business. Yeah. But they were, but they were. Here's what they were doing. They were using like a, a boat, a boat church congregation. Yes. A water church. Yeah. yeah water church. And using Bibles to, to smuggle their heroin through yeah, that under yeah. under the pastor's yeah. nose. That's so gangster. Yeah. But Darlene Snell, she's crazy though. It's like dog. I say that woman. She's played by Lisa Emery. Who, who and mind you, she looks better in real life than she does as Darlene Snell. I gotta check that out. She, she, uh, she looks like she's been taking heroin on the show. That and the <laughs> fact that she, the, how homicidal her character is. Bruh. I mean, that woman was born with a fucking 12 gauge super glue to her hands. For those of you, she reminds me of 3030. You ever watched Brave Star, the cartoon from the 80s? Marshall Brave Star had a sidekick horse, mechanical cyborg horse. That had a shotgun by the name of Sarah Jane. That was just, that horse was gangster as hell. That's who she is in the person, dog. I looked that up and told me about it. Yeah, like, yeah. He cross her, straight shotty, dog. <laughs> and, 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 and it doesn't take much to cross her neither. Like what's it called? Like the Mexicans, Dell. I thought he, I thought he would survive further than he did. But what he do? Call them rednecks offhand. Man, even the the driver that was like, even in the third season where he was like, um. Just in case, he's like, just in case, just in case, you know, uh, they come, you gotta, he's basically trying to blackmail her into paying him off. Yeah. So go, she ain't even waste those. He ain't even finished the sentence. <laughs> she got that baby in the house too. <laughs> and the baby crying after he hears her. What the hell's the matter with you? I love, I'm not gonna lie, I fuck with Darlene. She's crazy as hell, but I fuck with her because she's so gangster. 
You don't waste any time, though. You getting you getting a hole blown in your body without any hesitation. A, a, a less homicidal <laughs> version of Darlene is Ruth Langmore, Julia Garner's character. A big character, one of the major ones in the show. Yeah, um, yeah, she got an Emmy Award for playing for playing Ruth Langmore. Yeah, she, she's an awesome awesome actress. Yeah, really Julia sure. Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like come get some, you piece of shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm curious to see because I believe she's about to turn into Darlene in the next the next part of the finale. She might, she might, yeah, I mean, after what happened with her cousin, it's yeah, like she's out for blood. Yeah, 100%. And now that she knows the Cosgrove's were not behind that, it's like, okay. Yeah. What do you think of the, the actual cartel, like, uh, members like Javier, or Javi, or whatever, and then, and then the, his dad? The mate, Navarro. Navarro. Navarro, the first time we, Navarro's been like the big bad all through from the, from the beginning, right? Yeah. Before that, we thought it was just Dell. Yeah, but Navarro, he's the boss, and we don't get to see him till see till the end of season three. And yeah. what does he do? Yeah, he orders his boy to put a bullet in that lawyer's head. Yeah, Helen, he's like whatever her name Helen, is. Helen, yeah. yeah. I'm like Navarro, he's not to be messed with. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a funny character too. He's also very calm. Yeah, he is. He's like Marty's Mexican counterpart. Right. This is his his nephew, a hobby or whatever his name. That's the crazy one. Mm-hmm. He's, they're pit, they're pitting against each other, yeah. Yeah. Like using the FBI too, like that Agent Miller chick. She, she she pissed me off. She pissed me off at the end of the season. What what which, which part? When uh she had what you call it uh Navarro arrested and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She kind of went against the grain, and I was like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. So. I'm like, lady, you got a kid. Worry about your kid. They oh, need to fly. exactly. Now. She, she and they know her, where you live. Right. She's put her grandma and her child in jeopardy now. So now, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, her now, mom, not the, the child's grandma. Sorry. Well, either in, in both their cases, really, it's like, please don't have them go out like, like the, 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 the Crosby, the pastor family. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, because with the wife, we never saw her again, but we know what happened. Ooh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, that was unfortunate mm-hmm. for them. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It's a great show. I definitely recommend everybody watch because, and I just be patient with season one. Be patient. Be patient. One. It's mu- and plus, if if you're into it, it is money laundering one hundred and one. It teaches you exactly how to launder money. Yeah, for sure. Not for not sure. not that not that we do that. No, I'm just saying it does have. <laughs> it is informative for the criminal. Very element. informative. Uh, what are your favorite characters in there? My favorite characters, Jonah, because of how precocious and how smart he is. Hundred. Yeah, Ruth Langmore, because she just. The way she just she her, her profanity is elaborate, she's, and how she can just snap she's on funny. somebody. She's G, yeah. yeah, and she's loyal as well. Mm-hmm. She's pretty loyal, even though like they've done some 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 cruddy shit to her. Like they've definitely done her wrong in, in a few instances throughout the season or throughout the but, show. But she was she's still she's still loyal. But she's loyal to Marty. Yeah, yeah Marty, still loyal to Marty. Regarding like a father figure because he treated her well. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's definitely one of my favorite characters too. I love Darlene too, just because of her gangster. Like she takes no shit. I love her. She's crazy as hell, and I love her for that. Uh, obviously, I love Marty. I love Jonah as well. His wife pisses me off, <laughs> which is which is a good testament to her acting. Yeah, it is. It is. It shows like this. This in Breaking Bad again. The wives in there always yes! piss us off. Yes. Skyler, yes. Uh, Wendy. It's almost parallel. Almost yeah. parallel. It's so annoying. It's like yeah. it's like they don't want to be in the criminal lifestyle, but once they're in there, it's like you're competent, but you're annoying as hell. Right. Like you're so driven by your emotions, though. Right. Like, you got to be rational sometimes. You gave our money to Benicky Skylar. Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh gosh! I yeah. won't say something. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> the call space jump. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember that. I remember He's that. Laughing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh my oh gosh. My and yeah. they and they both shows deal with Mexican cartels too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else you see that uh, stands out for you about the show, and particularly the past season or past half season that they just. Um, how how Wendy's becoming more and more ruthless and using her brother's uh, yes her brother she got her brother killed by the by the either the cartel or the Cosgrove or the Kansas City mob one of them and what's now she's using that to her advantage and to make it for her political image the crazy the, the part that that was like yo this woman has lost it was when Darlene had that heart attack and she just she just knelt there and was watching him oh yeah so like, I was like bruh. You're not gonna call the not gonna call the ambulance. Like up? yo, has like it gotten that bad now? Like to the point where you like, think just let her die. Yeah, you just, you just numb. You don't give a shit. I was like, whoa. It takes a. It takes. That might be imp- a demented person to be able to just sit there and watch that. That might be Proctor. Proctor in season six of Power. Oh, with his wife was. His wife, his, yeah, yeah. Ex wife. Yeah, he's about to call the phone. He's like, no, fuck that. I'm not letting you take my little girl away from me. Exactly. Exactly. It's, but in his case, he thought she'd already be dead before he got the call. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, that, that was wild. She, she is definitely, she's definitely lost a few screws, man. Oh, you, uh, oh, you got the, the don't slip on my shit socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Herbie, man. Oh yeah, you got me fucked up. I got his yeah, hat man. on too. Shout out to the Herb. Mm-hmm. Get yourself these socks, man. Yeah, you got me fucked up. Uh, Voix clothing. Yeah, Voix our, clothing. Friend Her- our friend Herbert Casey. Yeah, yeah man. Fashion designer. Yeah, shout out to him. We support black businesses. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. And uh, I forget. This is also from a black, black owned. Um, uh, I, I'll get back to you. I'll probably put it in the comments or something. If anybody's interested, they have other prints. This is obviously a, a, a black woman with a with a head head wrap on, African. So um, once I I forget the the company I bought it off. It's definitely black owned. Um, so I definitely wear a lot of and support a lot of black owned um, businesses, especially in fashion. So uh, if you're interested, they have other prints of African and African American heritage. So um, I'll put that in the description and everything if you want. And also how to get your you got me fucked up or war yeah. socks. Don't step on my shit. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. That's another topic altogether, but uh, we'll put it in the description. So if you want yours, you can go get get yours for sure. Most um, definitely, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to as far as Ozark goes? Uh, I'm thinking. Well, you, what, oh, are, what are your predictions? My predictions coming into the finale, oh, finale, the okay, last Ruth, couple episodes. Yeah. Okay, well, Ruth Langmore, she's gonna do something with that with that baby that's in the car, the, the Crosby's baby. Oh yeah. Okay. She's emotionally charged right now, so ain't no yeah. she's gonna get into a car accident. A shootout or something or what? Marty, he's gonna be alive at the end of the series. He, they're not gonna kill him. Yeah. Yeah. You think anybody's gonna suffer any fatalities? Yeah, there's gonna be more people that suffer fatalities in the show. Who you yeah. predict? Charlotte, the daughter. You think she's gonna die? Mm-hmm. That's a good shout. And I'll, and honestly, it's gonna be because of the mother. Yeah. Yeah. I can see because her and Marty, there's I like can a see that. there's like a schism between them right now. It's more pronounced than it was in previous seasons. Yeah. And plus with the. Uh, if you can call it trauma of seeing Helen killed right in front of him and having, I had Helen in my hair. You know what that's yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. Yeah. That was wild. Like, holy shit, you did have her in your hair. Not just blood, neither. Yeah, like her brains. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, I believe... And, and also that dumbass therapist. 
that was seeing Marty and uh and and Wendy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you had to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm like, you up here, you you up here blackmailing, and then you drive around in a sports car. Right. Like that's some Jimmy Conway Goodfellas no no shit. And the Ozarks too. Yeah. Like, are uh, you nuts? Are you crazy? Yeah. It's like like give me that mink, give me that mink. Uh-uh, yeah. It's going back. Yeah, exactly. Um, like that's why Jimmy killed all them too. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Except except for Henry, he was smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, I think, I think uh, Hobby might die. The 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 nephew. The, the main. Oh yeah. The nephew's gonna die. I think he's gonna die. I think, I think. His uncle. I think either the FBI agent, Meyer Meyer. Miller. Yeah. Either she might survive, but I think her, her mom is gonna die. I, I think her, the mom, and the baby then disappear. Yeah. Yeah. They're not gonna. Um, they're not gonna say they're dead, but. Yeah, they'll, they'll use that as as, know, a, as a euphemism. Exactly. Yeah. And then, that's like a child. Or the, the the daughter going. I can see that happening. Or, what? or what's it called? Or if they, or if they're brutal enough, like Sicario, they could go that route. They could. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the dinner table scene. Yeah. 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 Whoa. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think they would show that. Yeah, that was ruthless. Uh, that, whole, that, that could potentially happen. Had a whole theater gasping. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and who else do I see is liable to death? That that fucking investigator that can't keep his nose out of his business. That the other dude that that was investigating. Um, the other detective. He's 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 not a. He's not a with private investigator. Yeah, that that dude that keeps popping up at Marty's house. Asking questions and shit. He's a PI, right? Yeah, he's he's he is. I think he's gonna go. He's gonna go. Has Jonah? No, Jonah held a shotgun on somebody and nearly killed. Yeah, him. but somebody saw him in the motel. I think it was the PI guy. The, the PI. Guy. Oh, what's it called? It was the the, the kid that that, that 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 Ruth hired, the one that used to work at the casino. Yeah, no, the, the idiot. You mean the idiot kid? The idiot kid, because he, he told he told Jonah that the mother was there. Right, and then no, but there was another guy at the end when Jonah and his sister kind of when 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 they had arrested uh, Navarro, they went to the motel to stay safe, and somebody mm-hmm. somebody noticed him. And I think it's the investigator. At the pool area or like... Yeah. Or right around the entrance of wherever the hotel Because they, they were talking outside. Yeah, exactly. He saw them. He saw them. Yeah. So he's going to die, but he's going to leak some information that, that would probably dig him into a deeper hole. Not that Marty can't get out of it, but... But the question is how. How, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm curious to see how... Uh, it's like... It's like... Sorry. It's like you as well too with the Joe Goldberg's like how the hell is he going to Yeah, do but somehow some way, exactly, yeah. somehow some way. And maybe yeah. quite possibly in this kind of state of devastation, I feel like Ruth might take to a romantic relationship with Tommy's character. Oh, uh Frank Cosgrove Jr. Yeah. Cuz she already almost had a relationship with the uh, the uh, Wendy's brother. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget Ben is that his name? Yeah, Ben, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Tom Pelfrey, that's his real name. Yeah, yeah. He's a substitute teacher, and he had speared the the landscaper after putting all the kids' cell phones in the um in the wood chipper. Wood chipper, yeah. Like a yeah. bunch of emotional fucking terrorists. Right, right. Yeah, but I can see that because they're becoming cooler and cooler, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, nothing is more. Uh, I mean, especially considering she when they first met, and he had her peg. He said, "You know what your problem is, girl." 
You play dress up and you know it. <laughs> nah, she, you're right though. Uh, keep going, keep going. And, and then she kicks him in the nuts. Come get some. Yeah, pulls him, off the pulls him off the boat. Yeah. And then Darlene shoots his dick off. Right. But and you he's see he's up. walking funny. Yeah, yeah. Apparently now they've 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 able to fix whatever is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what extent. I, yeah. I don't know what extent. But, but he's still walking funny, and that, that's enough to make me feel suspect. Nothing is more soothing to a woman that's in you know in in. Uh, that's devastated or in a great depression or, you know, suffering from something emotionally than a man that is there to, to you know, comfort and soothe her. So I think he's going to try to do that or that's my prediction. And then from there, a relationship is going to be built from that. I can see that. I can see that. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. She's volatile, but... Yeah, very she, volatile at this point, yeah. Yeah, she, but she needs something to soothe the savage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and he needs something too since his daddy is dead, thanks to... Yeah, 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 he did get murked by Darlene. Yeah, they, 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 they're, they're going to ally now. Now that she knows the KC mob didn't kill her cousin and yeah, Marlene. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, when, do you know when they're going to drop that? They haven't said yet, nah. It's probably at the fall, in the fall again. Oh, man, that's a long time to wait. Yeah. Just, another, another breaking back connection. That's what they did with their final season. Split yeah, they did split in half. Yeah, they uh -huh. did. Luckily for me, I, didn't, I watched it after it was over. So I, call, I did a binge... Like a five, four month binge to catch up on the whole show, and I, I did not regret it. It's a hell of a show. Yeah, all we gotta do now is catch him up on the wire. Yeah, I'm still a virgin to that one. I've never watched that joint. Don't worry, don't worry, we'll pop your cherry soon. Yeah, I, I heard it's a great one. So. Every Marylander should see that. Even even motherfuckers that live in Cumberland, Maryland, Western Maryland, where the mountains and shit. Word, word. Shout out to Cumberland. Mm hmm. Shout out to Cumberland. Reminds me of uh, those, all them little places in Maryland, all dormitories in, on campus are named after. So there's like a Cumberland, there's a Hagerstown. Oh, yeah. They named the little dormitory, dormitory buildings after a lot of these places within Maryland. They, do, they did that at, as our on a related note on the, uh, the Safeway on Fenton Street in downtown Silver Spring. Oh, yeah. The, the aisles are named after. Yeah, like, exactly. Even, after I think even Trader Joe's does that, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah the one yeah, on 29? Yeah, yeah okay. one on 29, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They do do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maryland pride. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh. Anything else? You good? I'm good. I got nothing yeah, else on Ozark too. or our topics. Watch it. Y'all need to watch that. Watch show. that. Yeah. One thing. One thing. I oh, I did get into this recently. What's it called? The um the uh, we need to talk about Bill Cosby. The the documentary. Hell of a documentary. I started watching it. I started watching a little of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like yeah, they don't pull no punches with that. I think we, we should discuss that the next episode. Yeah, so. definitely. Because they don't pull no punches. Definitely. Comedians say the pros and cons about him and basically say. He was giving instruction videos on how to drug girls. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. kind of was. It's, yeah. it's 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 hopefully by our next episode, the season will be close to at least halfway or done because I know it's just kind of started. Yeah, so we can talk talk extensively about yeah, it. Yeah, and also like there was a documentary on Jenna Jackson. If you haven't watched it, I think it's on TV One. Nah, no, I think it's like Bravo or one of them. No, no, Lifetime or one of them. Oh, okay, one of them stations. I watched it. It's really good. We're probably going to discuss that too because it goes in depth of her life. It talks about her family, yeah, like the importance of her father to their careers, her relationship with Michael, of course. We're so now, we'll definitely talk about that well, too. Well, she's now saying that Michael was abusive to her verbally. No, 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 no. She, she shot him out, dog. Oh. She, she didn't bash. She's a very family-oriented woman. Okay. She didn't bash her dad. 
she definitely spoke about like differences in his approach to his old school style but like you know in the media her dad is portrayed as a shitty dad or yeah. like a overly abusive strict dad controlling and, yeah but she did not she did not she paint him in that light at all no 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 she actually shots him out like without him there's no Michael there's no her she don't badmouth me the other nah, side nah, nah nah she definitely she, and she holds her mother into a good light um, and she, old, like it's a good documentary and she's the youngest right yes she is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she is it's a really good documentary definitely go watch it if you haven't we'll talk it's another one we'll talk about in the, in the, in the other episode I want to talk about Snowfall too at one point yeah, yeah, yeah by the time actually no it'll probably be in, in session by our next episode so maybe in no. two episodes yeah what's it called it, it, comes, it comes the 20, on the 22nd the 22nd the 26th yeah so it'll probably be done by May because it's 26th by end of March or May that's when the show will be done so we'll definitely talk about it down the line though. When, when the season's over we, we can will. wrap up the whole season at one um, but we will tell you we'll figure out a, the third topic it has to be a wrestling joint right? it will be a wrestling joint yeah we'll figure it out we'll give you yeah. one of our customary commercials letting you know what's what for episode number four yeah right number four not a new hope like Star Wars but still you get the idea uh, IV <laughs> in Roman numerals right <laughs> Rocky like Rocky anyway mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure being and talking to you guys I hope you guys enjoyed this episode Happy birthday to my bro Beaver again. Thank Cy. you. And then, and then thank you. Shout out to Jennifer and the Third Space Lounge here at PZ, PZ 100%, Plaza 100%. 100%. Shout out to Jennifer. Ash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> come okay. on out. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Yes. Show love for the camera. This is Jennifer. Jennifer. Shout out to Jennifer. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you.